Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'll play some competitive sports once in a while, wouldn't it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two. We were on an hour early today here on Football Sunday. First hour, if you missed it, you can find it on the Lush Web Tires podcast on the Odyssey app and 1080thefan.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, etc. Fantasy Scramble with Jesse Osmond coming up in 30 minutes. Hate it or love it coming up in 10 minutes or so. But we're going to take a quick little break here from uh, Foosball, and you can text 503-250-1080 to join the conversation. But the headline of yesterday, of the weekend, was not Blazers blow out shorthanded Lakers and win their second in a row and get back to 500 and things are looking better again and Dame shoot, finally shot the ball well. It's, oh, Neil O'Shea's in trouble. And the report came out. It was the Athletic. It was Shams and Jason Quick were on it that the team is doing an independent investigation or actually they hired independent investigators. Jody Allen did to look into claims of a toxic workplace environment under president of basketball operations, Neil Olshay. I guess there have been many, many complaints that have gone up the ladder by Blazers employees about Olshay and the way that he runs the team and the basketball operations in terms of like personality wise and uh, work culture environment wise. Um, Jason quick wrote a secondary article that was, uh, felt kind of like an opinion piece as well as like his personal experience and also some reporting in there um, sharing that there are a lot of employees who stand by Olshay. Uh, quick kind of said that me and him have gone at each other a lot I have come to respect a certain side of him recently, but we had many times where we fought and didn't talk to each other for a long time. Uh, talks about how he's just got a huge temper issue. He's just always angry. Or if he loses his temper, it's it's a really, really, really bad thing. Um, remember, he he had to stop sitting courtside because he got fined because he went onto the court and was berating refs after a game. So that was the big story. The investigation into the team... Apparently, I think we're supposed to find the results of that pretty quickly. I think based on one of the articles I read said that the investigation's already been going on and that we might know in a couple of days whether or not something is going to be done or, or not. But it's an interesting interesting uh, little angle here because 
you hear the term like toxic work culture, workplace environment, and you think of like Robert Sarver in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. which was racism and misogyny and not going, being allowed to go to HR and probably, you know, or you think of Dallas, which was sexual harassment and pushed under the rug and all that kind of stuff. And then this, at least on the surface so far, seems more like emotional abuse, I suppose, could be the the furthest you would go with it, right? Anger and yelling and screaming and and probably putting people's ideas down and stuff like that, but uh, nothing to the level of like a Robert Sarver or what happened uh, at in Dallas. So my question is, is this enough to make a change? Or is it just kind of this is bad and he needs to be better? Like, how, how do you view it? Because I, I almost feel like it's inevitable that we'll see a change here, especially with, with, with the way society is. I wouldn't mind it from a basketball perspective. I kind of feel like the Blazers need a new GM. Um, but it's interesting because from what I've read, at least, and, and correct me if there's more that I missed, but I read the quick article and I read the, the Shams article that it just seems like he's a really angry dude who can't control his temper and it creates a really bad work environment. I mean, I, I, I think the thing about, you know, you want to feel safe at work. You want to feel comfortable at work. You don't want to go to work feeling already tense because you're walking on eggshells because you, your, your boss is a, a jerk, you know? And so, and honestly, we were joking about this during the break, but, you know, uh, if you listen to the show, you've heard my interaction with Neil Olshay. And it was one of those things like that when I heard, when I uh, heard about this article and I heard about the investigation and read the article, I was like, yeah, it's, that sounds about right. I could, I could see that. Cause what I don't tell anybody is prior to that, uh, to him stepping on my kicks and doing everything. There was a, like a, he, he talks like a, like a soprano, you know what I mean? Like it was lots of mother effers and mother and these guys and you guys. I was like, whoa, this guy must be connected, man, because he's <laughs> he's really, really, you know, uh, you know, laying it laying it on pretty thick. Asking but, where the gabagool is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was like, whoa, okay, okay. So that's kind of the main reason. I was like, maybe I better not say anything to this guy before I end up getting whacked, man. So let me <laughs> take let him me, outside. Let me take a couple steps away, you know. But um, again, like I've worked for management that just doesn't make you feel good about being at work. It doesn't make you feel good about somewhere that you have to go to earn a living because a lot of these people, this is what they, you know, and probably get paid pretty well and have families to take care of. I just can't quit these, this job, especially in this uncertain market right now and just go out there and find another gig. So yeah, put up with, uh, with you talking down to me. And now we don't know is, is this just constructive criticism or what he believes is constructive criticism? Or is he really berating these people? Like, like demeaning them, like belittling them, and yeah. I don't know. I think it can be because I'm going to give, I don't want to say I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but most bosses, I think, are kind of jerks. They just happen to, just because they have to be, if not if for no other reason. Like, how many bosses do you know that are just like, hey, guys, you know, what do you want to do today? And how are we going to, like, most of them are like, nah, this is what we got to do. I mean, our boss here done. is kind of oh, like that. Jeff Austin, <laughs> Jeff Austin is, the, is, is, is the example. Like, he's one of the best management, some of the best management that I've personally ever had. Shout out to my guy, Mr. Jeff Austin. But I don't think Olshay is as nice as Jeff Austin. And so it's just kind of one of those things, man. I, I just, it's, it's, Without any specific incidences of, you know, this happened to this person and this is what this was the outcome. Like, it, it's hard to say that, you know, the boss isn't just 
you know, being like most bosses, and that's kind of rigid. Yeah, it's like you don't want to speculate. You just know who Neil Olshay is, and as you guys were kind of saying, like you hear about something like this happening, you're like, oh, well, shocker. You know, that. Right. have you seen him in the press conferences, and have you heard how he, like, is? Then it's not too much of a shocker. So there's just part of me that leans towards the side, like maybe there is an employee or two or three that have had qualms and gone to HR about it, and this is – the company having to do their due diligence on that, but it might just come out like, okay, yeah, he's just a really big a-hole, but it's nothing borderline where it's like he's, like you said, demeaning, belittling people, getting personal insults to just make them absolutely loathe their jobs and working for the man at all times. I mean, like reading this stuff about Robert Sarver this week and then hearing about all those things, it's just like, man, uh, that's well, why I brought it up because it's su- it's such the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, and it's like, man, is Adam Silver going to have to can the second owner of his tenure and what, since he's taken over the league? Um, and you would think that Olshay's been here like 10 years, and this is the first time something like this has happened. Grant, granted, Sarver's been down there in Phoenix for 17, and it's well-documented down there how he is, um, but now everybody has found out about it. You would think that maybe something like this would have come to light earlier right in his tenure well we got a text that says mike i feel like you're minimizing it every time you say just when describing someone's bad behavior you minimize it this is toxic workplace as it's described toxic is toxic there doesn't have to be sexual harassment or gender uh, discrimination or racism for it to be toxic toxicity can come with behavior that is manipulative via fear intimidation or whatever that is true i don't mean to minimize it it's just more of the when i think when i say just it's it's I'm looking at it through the lens of is it fireable? Because when you hear investigation into GM owner whoever, usually that leads to some sort of change happening at the top. And that's why I said just as if people are just upset that he's angry all the time, I don't know if that's fireable, right? If only a couple of people viewed it as a toxic workplace, they would, of course, come out and say it's toxic. If everyone else thinks it's fine or at least just, ah, he's got an anger issue, I don't know if that's fireable. But also, I think- that's that's why I was saying just not to minimize. If he was doing the worst of the worst, like we've talked about, the the personal attacks and the belittling and and making you feel like a worthless human being, then that's terrible yeah. and you should never have to work in a place like that and he should be removed immediately. But that's where I say we don't know the details of what those reports are yet because those people haven't come out to speak. And, and truthfully, I don't think it needs to be half of the office that feels that way. Or, you know, there needs to be five people in the office. That, I think if, if two or three, one, feels that, man, this, this, is, this is not cool. Like, I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way this person is making me feel. And after a conversation with said manager or coworker and everything, and that's still kind of the behavior, yeah. And you should have a problem at yes, that point. But absolutely. I'm, I'm one of those people. Is this like, the first conversation yeah. that's going to be had with Neil O'Shea about this? I don't know. Yeah, I, Right. It's only to, the first time we're hearing about it in this uh, outside of like what you hear through the grapevine, but in this public of a life. I've once worked for with an organization that was and, and in some ways it could, could be considered incredibly toxic. But there are some people there that I don't see it that way. I'm, I'm profiting here. I'm growing and flourishing here. Like, I don't see it as a toxic environment. But then there was other. It was like, yeah, I got to get out of here because if I stay here, I'm going to do something. That, so, I mean, I think that happens at, in a lot of positions at a lot of jobs. And, again, it's just tough with this situation because we don't 
uh, obviously it's an investigation. Nobody yeah. knows besides what is in the building. And, and we're probably not going to hear much about what the investigation uncovers. Well, exactly. Right? Whether he is vindicated or he's fired. Yeah, we will not get these specific incidents of what happened, what led to this, unless someone does some damn good reporting and is able to somehow you know, get some anonymous sources and tips from within the organization, like what was said and what uh, situations, again, because when you hear intimidation and bullying and toxic and you and Neil O'Shea, you just don't know behind the scenes what that can entail because, you know, you only see really him at those press conferences at the end of the year now. And we know that he can be an a-hole, but other than that, without these knowing – the workplace and being inside and hearing these conversations. Um, again, it's going to take someone that has really good sources and can talk to people and find out exactly those incidents because I don't know if we'll ever know what, what the case is. All right, let's get uh, back into a little bit of football here. We've got Hater Levitt coming up next, although there might be a Blazer question there. They have, uh, if you want to talk about just the basketball portion of it, they played really well yesterday against the Lakers. Uh, that's coming up next, then Fantasy Scramble at 9.30. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Joe will pose questions to us and uh, will award or deduct us points based on our answers. And the winner will get to host the last segment, except there is not, that's not happening today. So the winner will just be the winner. All right. So I guess, you know, we're just not doing it today. Okay. Joe, okay. Golf. Oh, no. I, Next I, on the fan. I, <laughs> I, I I did the four. I got the four questions. I put in the effort. So I guess we'll do it. Thanks. Hey, uh, yeah, love it. Neil Olshay should be gone. Um, well, I love it, but you know that was for reasons a long time ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> Giving a few people a lot of money that he never should have. Uh, man, don't be mean to Evan Turner. And Myers well, Leonard. Leonard. Is he still in the league? No, he's no. Al- racist, right? And he's Al- a Al- he's Al- anti semite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. My fault. Nope. All good. Uh, we're going to all NFL today with our questions. Okay. Uh, since the NFL hasn't started, uh, unlike our normal hours, we're usually started into the 10 o'clock games. Half, or not halfway through it, but halfway through the 10 o'clock hour. Anyways, all right. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. A uh, lot of talk <laughs> over the last uh, few days. With the Odell Beckham drama. And I don't know about you guys. I feel like I'm being gaslit by any Cleveland Brown fan, uh, Cleveland Brown reporter. Feels like everybody in that region that roots or follows that team thinks that Baker Mayfield is more than capable to lead that team to success and glory and Super Bowl aspirations. Where last season... I did not feel that way. And then he started playing pretty good in the second half. And then this year, I feel like, oh, my God, what is it going to take for him to start being consistently good? It just seems like it never happens. But Odell Beckham is gone. People feel like he was the issue. And now he won't have to force the ball to him, I guess. I don't know. But hate it or love it, Baker Mayfield has to show out today. Wow. Okay. That was actually not what I thought you were going to ask. Um, I don't think Odell Beckham was a problem, by the way. 
I think he's just a diva, and wherever he's been, he will do that. But I don't think he was the problem. Does he have to show out today? No, I hate it because he still has a shoulder that's basically dangling off his off his off his arm. That doesn't make any sense. Dangling off his <laughs> the torso, sh- the shoulder dangling off the arm, dangling off his torso. There you go. That would be the right way to put it. Um, I don't. I don't expect ba- Baker Mayfield to show out while he's hurt like this. I mean, every time he gets sacked, it's like do you land on the shoulder? Is he in pain? And I also kind of agree with you, Joe. I don't think Baker Mayfield's the guy. I don't think Baker Mayfield can lead this team to glory. I think he's good enough to be a solid quarterback for a good running football team with a solid defense and a good roster that can make the playoffs. But once you get into those big games, I don't trust Baker Mayfield at all. And, you know, you want to give the number one overall pick a little bit more leeway to to figure it out. But also, it's I mean, how many years has it been now? Was his fourth year? Yeah, I believe so. Then isn't that we're past the point of that three-year window where we're like, all right, after year three, we'll know who this quarterback is. Like Josh Allen, after year two, we were like, especially me, I was like, I don't think this guy is any good. After year three, it's like, oh, or he's an MVP candidate. And that's kind of where he's been sitting since then. I think we know who Baker Mayfield is. He's not bad. He's just middle of the road. And that'll get you far. It might win you a Super Bowl if you're lucky. But generally speaking, it will not be good enough once you get into the playoffs to get out of the first few rounds and get get further into the playoffs. So, uh, hey, he doesn't have to show out today. Baker Mayfield is who he is. Uh, I, I love that he has to show out today because – the first thing a lot of people will point to is, well, look at Baker Mayfield's stats without Od- Odell Beckham Jr. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, you can throw it to everybody else. But the, the fact is you have a guy in Odell Beckham Jr. who could take a three-yard slant and turn it to a 65-yard touchdown. How many guys in the NFL, like at any point, could really do that? Eli Manning, who I think we all kind of say Eli Manning is a good quarterback, but nobody say Eli, Eli Manning is a great quarterback. For four years, he made Odell Beckham Jr. look like the – greatest wide receiver in the NFL. Outside of the one catch, the one-handed catch, he made Odell Beckham look like an all-world receiver, and he absolutely was. We saw what a talent that he was those three or four years in New York, and that was with some injuries in between there. That was with the goal post, or the the, uh, practice, uh, the kicking post incident that he had and all this, but he was still able to put up those numbers. Then you get here to just middle of the road, like you said, Baker Mayfield, and Baker can't seem to figure out a way to get one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the league, the ball. If you're if you're Odell Beckham Jr. at this point, you're tired of losing. You've lost a lot when you were in New York. You've lost a lot now that you've been in Cleveland. You want to go somewhere where you can be appreciated. You look around the league at the Antonio Browns and all these other guys that are just that are finally getting their money. And then some of these young guns like uh, like Jamar Chase that are actually kind of out there doing work. Odell Beckham is in that category. He's There's no way he should be tied for 135th in the NFL for targets. That's insane. Yes, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Go sign with the contender. Baker, you better show out today, bro. All right, they're taking on the Bengals coming off a uh, loss to the mighty New York Jets. Yep. Who Good have, game. Who have wins against the Bengals and the Titans, because, of course. Because the NFL ba- is yes. the NFL. Baker's the worst quarterback in his division. Uh, Joe Burrow, Big Ben. I feel like Big Ben's the he's, worst he's quarterback. Big, Big, Lamar still Jackson. Big Ben's still better than him. No, I don't think Yeah, he's still better than him. I don't him. think he is. All right, uh, yeah. moving on to another young quarterback in his team. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about uh, the Chargers as the cream of the crop of the AFC. They were 4-1, and one, looking real good. Uh, but over <laughs> the last couple weeks, 
not so much. Uh, they got absolutely blown out, uh, 34-6 to to the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Herbert getting a little exposed in that game. And then last week, he did not do much better against, granted, one of the best coaches of all time on the defensive side of the ball, Bill Belichick. So it's two straight losses now for Justin Air Bear. And again, he's not looked good in those two losses. And now they have to go cross country to Philadelphia uh, to take on the Eagles. And they are now four and three. Hate it or love it. L.A. Chargers must win game for them today. Uh, Love it. And L.A. Chargers will win game uh, today. Luckily, they're going down to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is three and five. Uh, Philadelphia can't really pass the ball. They're pretty good at running it, though. Um, but, yeah, this, if you can't go go against Philly and actually have a uh, what we look like as, as a, a career game, what we look at as a career game, then I think there's uh, something wrong for you. Justin Herbert is – I, I think he's money. And honestly, like you said, these past couple weeks, he hasn't been great. But, you know, it's towards that part in the middle of the season. You're going to he's on going to be on the road. I think if my computer will work a little bit over here. We'll be good. But he's had some pretty good uh, wins. He had a good win against the Panthers. Good win against the Falcons. Uh, excuse me. That's the, the Eagles. But I'm sorry. The Eagles had, I guess, good wins against the pa- Panther, Panthers. Falcons, but neither one of those teams are good, so I don't expect them to be able to do much against what I consider a really balanced team in this Chargers Chargers offense. The defense is is pretty legit. Again, Justin Herbert hasn't looked sharp, but I think that will pass. Um, He's good enough to really carry teams on his back, and he doesn't really have to because he's got some pretty good weapons offensively. Philadelphia does not. I'm going Justin Herbert's going to have an awesome game. I'm going to say hate for for a must-win because the AFC West is kind of in this weird spot where even if they go four and four, they still might be favored to win that division. Chiefs haven't been good. Broncos haven't been good. Raiders are the Raiders. Do you really trust them to stay in first place right now? But do I think he will play really well? Absolutely. Um, The thing you got to take into account. So the Ravens game was a bad game. It was a really, really bad game. Then they had a bye week and then the uh, Patriots, Bill Belichick. Remember last year, Belichick flummoxed. Herbert. He always does with rookie quarterbacks, but he did when Herbert was a rookie. He did it again last week. Herbert struggled. The Eagles defense is not very good, especially against the pass. I think you're going to see a much more open uh, passing attack from the Chargers today. They're going to get back to what they were doing well early in the year. And I think you're going to see a much better Justin Herbert. Um, It's just he's not he's a second year quarterback. He's still going to have games like he did against Baltimore. It's not he's not going to be like every week. Amazing at this point. But based on how he's played for most of the year, I'm not concerned at all. So must win. No. Will they win? And will he play well? I think so. Yes. All right. Moving on to the NFC West. Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco today. And I had to do a little research, do my own research. That is before this game. Yes. Um, 49ers. Favored by three and a half and looks like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. He is out, but DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray trending towards not playing in this game. So I'm setting you guys up with a pretty easy one, but again, it is the NFL. Hate it or love it. Cardinals going to lose their second game in a row. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Uh, First of all, do either of you know who the backup quarterback is for the Cardinals? Sadly. Is it? uh, Yes. But Mike knows Rashad. I want to hear. Yeah, I'm waiting for him know. to guess. Is it somebody? Uh, 
It's Colt McCoy. It is Colt McCoy. Bam. Pew, 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 Colt McCoy. You each get a point. Very, very, very. I'm sitting here like, man, I'm a. I'm gonna. I'll set this up next segment before we bring Jesse in. But uh, my fantasy league right now is, boy, are they screwing with me, <laughs> really, really, really hard. Um, yeah, I think the I think the Cardinals are gonna lose two games in a row here. Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy, guys. Do I need, do I need to say any more? I've seen him. Uh, I've seen him pull some upsets before. Colt McCoy, no DeAndre Hopkins. You said Edmonds is out or he was banged up, right? Oh, I don't know about Edmonds. I just knew that A.J. Green was also out. Yeah, Edmonds was banged up, I think. So we'll see if he's if he's out. This does feel like just one of those, well, okay, the season's catching up to you. You were undefeated, but were you really the best team in the NFL? You lost the game last week to the Packers. Close loss. You should have won it if you had the communication going on on the right side. But, um, no, I think they lose two in a row. So, love. Uh, if Colt from the Three Ninjas is playing quarterback for... Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, then yes, I would absolutely <laughs> love that. But no, I don't expect uh, I, I I don't expect much from Arizona today, especially with Colt McCoy. Understand, and then without DeAndre Hopkins, and also without AJ Green, uh, and I, and is is JJ Watts out too as well? Yeah, right? he's yeah, so probably JJ Watts done, for the, done year. for the year. Yeah, they're they're missing a lot, and with at least Kyler Murray can kind of cover up a lot of those pimples that you have. But without him being there, I think you're going to struggle a little bit. The best season Colt McCoy ever had was he threw 14 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That was in 2011 when he played for the for the Browns. So do I expect him to come into today's game and really light the world on fire? Not really. So I think San Francisco uh, finally gets one today. All right. Uh, I will say, though, I have seen Colt McCoy break my Cowboys heart at one point on Monday Night Football uh, when Cowboys were fully healthy. So just saying, I mean, it could happen. I doubt it. Him. It I doubt could, it. It could happen. Uh, 49ers do get it's George Kittle back today. And let's just go real quickly here. Uh, Packers obviously going to be without Karen Rogers. And uh, <laughs> they're going up against uh, the Chiefs. I love it. I like that a lot. And Jordan Love getting his first start. But the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite. Hate it or love it. Packers will cover the minus seven against the Chiefs. They're a seven-point favorite? Jeez, the Chiefs seven? are, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and love that. Uh, dude, I don't care if Colt McCoy was playing the Chiefs. <laughs> I'd like Colt McCoy a lot more. That defense is absolutely horrifically bad. And Jordan Love is not Colt McCoy. He's a guy who they have some hope for who has a ceiling, not just a career backup. So, yeah, I think they're going to cover that spread. Uh, I mean, seven points is a lot, but I, I, I suppose, yeah, they'll cover. Why not? I don't mean, I don't, I mean, why like not? I said, I like, <laughs> why not, Joe? Is that seven, worth a point? We're shocked. Come really. on. Seven points is a lot, man. I almost want to hate that, man. Like that's, that's a whole lot. And I think I have a little more faith in, um, than Jordan Love than I think you might. So yeah. All right. Pity point. I'm saying. Man. Oh, you won anyway. Second so. week in a row. Pity point. <laughs> I'll take it. Why? See, I don't. He doesn't need the pity need, point this week, though. I don't need your GD pity points. It just gave away. you a more dominating don't. win, Rashad. Yeah. It was not a real pity point. Woo. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Let's break. Coming up next, it is time for Fantasy Scramble. If you have fantasy football start sick questions, text them in 503-250-1080. We'll get to them with Jesse Osmond after the break. I also have to complain uh, or I guess applaud my league. It's probably better to say applaud because they're doing something very cruel to me, but it's working in their favor. It's, it's brilliant. Actually. It's brilliant. And uh, we'll get to that next. First show has sports. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. 
Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finishes terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. All right, it is time for the Fantasy Scramble. If you have fantasy football start sick questions, Text them in now to 503-250-1080. We will get to as many as we can over the next two segments. We are joined, as always, by a former producer of the show and now the creator and runner of Explicit Fantasy Football, Jesse Osmond. That is at PDX underscore EFF on Twitter and Explicit Fantasy Football on YouTube and Facebook. What's up, Jesse? My guy. Not much. Just uh, scrambling this morning, guys. There's a lot of... um... I don't know. A lot of uh, questions at the wide receiver position with quarterbacks going down and just uh, a lot of scrambling well, this morning. I need, I need to uh, des- describe the situation I'm in in fantasy today. <laughs> I am in a two quarterback league or I'm in a one quarterback and one offensive player league. Okay. That is the scene to be set. That means that there are no quarterbacks on the waiver wire. None. Because everyone wants to have at least three quarterbacks if they can, because we all need at least two. My quarterbacks this year are Kyler Murray, Zach Wilson, and Taylor Heineke, who I added in week one after Fitzpatrick got hurt. Okay? Zach Wilson is out. Kyler Murray is out. Taylor Heineke is on a bye. I have no quarterbacks. So, throughout the week, I've been trying to trade for a quarterback. That has been my goal. At least just get one quarterback in. Every single person in the league knows my situation and is trying to screw me. They're like, yeah, I'll trade you Tyrod Taylor, but you need to give me your two best keepers for him. And I'm like, no, I'm not trading you two of my best keepers for a one-week replacement at quarterback or maybe a two-week replacement at quarterback. Uh, And then on the waiver wire this morning, the news broke that Tua was out. Guess who was on the waiver wire? Jacoby Brissett. I have $25 of fab left, which is free agent auction money, which means you have to bid money to get players. Somebody bid 26 GD dollars on Jacoby Brissett <laughs> to block me from getting him. So I'm going into this week's matchup with Genius. zero quarterbacks. Genius. I am starting PJ Walker with the hope that Sam Darnold leaves the game for poor performance or concussion symptoms. And I have zero quarterbacks and I'm still going to effing win my matchup. I guarantee it. <laughs> No, I probably won't, but that's what I'm going through this week, and my league is going to have karma come for them. <laughs> you got to love a league where you can't even get Trevor Simeon off the waiver wire. That's, that's oh, no, he was, he right was taken the first day, but Kyler, I thought Kyler was playing, so I was fine. It got worse and worse, and then all the quarterbacks were gone. It was insane. Um, all right, let's get to your questions, everybody. Uh, text in 503-250-1080. You're probably having a better fantasy Sunday than I am because I am starting P.J. Walker at quarterback with a projection of .1 points. Let's do this. Um, all right, help. Sanders or Cole Beasley in the flex. Uh, that one's actually pretty easy for me. That's an Emmanuel Sanders I know that Cole Beasley's had a pretty solid year this year. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty safe floor guy, but I saw a stat that nobody in the NFL has had more red zone targets this year than Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the Bills offense is sometimes a little bit frustrating. You know, not every player gets involved every single week outside of, of course, Josh Allen. Even Stephon Diggs has some uh, annoying weeks to deal with. But I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders on this one. They're both Bills wide receivers, but I'm going to pick Sanders. I'm going to say Cole Beasley. Uh, uh, this last couple games, Beasley has had uh, lots of targets and, and damn near 100 yards in both games. Uh, 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out Cole Beasley. He's, he's at least scored in one of those last two games. So Cole Beasley for me. Yeah, this one's. Um, I mean, standard. I'm definitely gonna a thousand percent go Emmanuel Sanders and PPR. Definitely thinking about Cole Beasley. Obviously, um, uh, Emmanuel was a start for me last week and came out with a big donut. And obviously, I don't expect that again. It was his easily by far the worst game as a Buffalo Bill. Um, and so I do expect a little bit of bounce back. I think there's a safer floor with Cole Beasley and a higher ceiling with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I typically go with the safer play, so I probably would go Cole Beasley on this one. Well, I'm glad to see that two people are giving Cole Beasley a shot. That's uh, nice to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, this one is a quarterback question. Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? That's really tough. They're both uh, projected and ranked really similarly this week. Kirk Cousins at Baltimore, Derek Carr off of a bye at the Giants. Um, this is not a primetime game, so you are safe to start Kirk Cousins. Last week was a primetime game, and he had 13 points. Um, th- this is honest, I, ah, This is kind of like flip a coin for me. They're both going to probably get you around 19 to 22 points this week. Um, Baltimore might be scoring more, so maybe Kirk Cousins has the game script in his favor, and he's throwing the ball more, and that's where I lean towards him over Derek Carr because I think the Raiders should beat the Giants pretty comfortably. So maybe that's my lean as Kirk Cousins, but I feel like you can honestly flip a coin here. Uh, yeah, yeah you're, if, as long as the game isn't in prime time, uh, I think Kirk Cousins is always uh, kind of a good play. I, know, I think I like him a little bit more, like than, little bit more uh, than some other guys, but um, these last couple games, um, Derek Carr has been on fire. Kirk Cousins before coming into last week's game was on a tear himself, but these last couple games, Kirk, or excuse me, Derek Carr uh, has been good over two hundred, over two hundred fifty yards both games, two touchdowns in each game. Uh, I'm going to go Derek Carr today. Yeah, the Giants are actually playing decently on defense. I'm not going to say they're good, but they're they're decent enough to where you know there there's a good chance that they slow down. Car once again more drama in Las Vegas with what happened with Henry Ruggs. Absolutely, obviously tragic. Um, could have been avoided um, and unfortunate, and that's just more drama going on in Vegas. Uh, Minnesota, you're right, man. He's he's not playing in prime time. Uh, playing playing Baltimore, and I do expect points to be put up in this game. I mean, we saw we said that last week um, as well, and I guess Cooper Rush put up some points, but. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go back to Kirk Cousins. Everybody knows my affinity for him. I, I think these are two similar quarterbacks, but I think Cousins is a more steady quarterback. Uh, we've seen Carr is either very, very good or very, very bad. He's bipolar that way. He's, he's so good and he's so bad. So you get really excited about him. You see a couple good weeks, and you throw him in your lineup, and then he comes back with eight points. So that's my worry with Carr. Uh, need a trade opinion. 14-man half-point PPR league. I've now lost Derrick Henry and Kareem Hunt. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. Uh, one of my leagues I've lost. Uh, I, I just got McCaffrey back, but I've had him, Montgomery, and Hunt all in the IR. Current trade offer is Keenan Allen and Javante Williams for Damian Harris and Antonio Brown. Other wide receivers that he has are Cooper Cup and DK Metcalf. Do I pull the trigger? Um, the way this text is written. Oh, he has Keenan Allen and Javante Williams. Um, no, I would not pull the trigger on that. I have a feeling you're about to see kind of the second half breakout from Javante Williams in Denver here. And Harris is fine, but having a Patriot running back is kind of a difficult thing to deal with, even though he's the lead back. I also prefer Keenan Allen slightly to Antonio Brown, just because Brown 
is the number three target on that team. And Keenan Allen's the number one target on the Chargers. So I do not think I would do that trade. If you have Keenan Allen, Javante Williams, I would keep those two and not take Damian Harris and Antonio Brown. Don't get any Patriot skill players. Just saying. It's not going to be good for your fantasy. Don't make that trade. Yeah, and have PPR, obviously. Uh, Harris, that that is a downgrade considering he doesn't really catch passes. I think he has like three or four catches this season. He just doesn't really catch the ball. And when he does, he doesn't really do much with it. So he is literally a yardage touchdown guy, and he's been on a tear um, getting in the end zone. He's had a really good schedule to get in the end zone as of late. Man, I'm not necessarily in agree uh, that Javante Williams is going to start breaking out. I I think he's in a timeshare the rest of the season because Melvin Gordon's there for the rest of the season. So I, I do think the better running back down the stretch is Harris, but I I, I understand the trepidation with Keenan Allen. Like He hasn't blown up, but he has been so consistent this season, putting up at least good points. Not Nothing spectacular, but good. So I do think spectacular is on the way. So I still think I'm going to stick with Keenan Allen and Javante Williams um, and, and do hope that, that I'm wrong and Williams does start breaking out a little bit more. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Jesse, hang on and hold for a couple of minutes. We'll come back and wrap this up with the rest of your questions or as many of them as, the, as we can fit into the end of the show. This is Football Sunday and the Fantasy Scramble here on 1080 to the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the Fan. All right, we are in the midst of Fantasy Scramble. we got about five minutes to go, so we'll get through as many as we can with Jesse Osmond here. Next one, non-PPR league, Boston Scott, Daryl Williams, or Mike Davis. Uh, I'm going to go, because this is non-PPR, Boston Scott. Um, one, the Chargers have a terrible rush defense, one of the worst in the NFL, and that's who the Eagles are playing. And two, last week he was the goal line back in Philly. Daryl Williams is fine, but he's more of a he's going to get you more points in the PPR league. And, uh, I mean, Cordell Paris Patterson's been way better than Mike Davis this year. So I'm going to say Boston Scott in that matchup. Uh, shoot. What were my other options? I'm so sorry. Boston Scott, Daryl Williams, Mike Davis. Oh, I mean, you can – I think really between Daryl Williams and Boston Scott, you can toss a uh, – flip a coin. I'd probably say Bo- uh, Boston Scott. Though. Well, yeah. No, man, I mean – Boston Scott is literally the obvious answer. It comes with the gamble of Nick Sirianni has been anything with consistent, but consistent with not only the way he rushes the ball, but the way he's managing this backfield. So I think the obvious answer is Boston Scott. But if you see Kenneth Gainwell come out or Jordan Howard come out and have the day, um, I wouldn't be surprised. So Boston Scott's the answer. Just cross your fingers. Right. Uh, next one is non PPR flex, Robert Woods or Cortland Sutton, or maybe Mark Ingram. Um, Hmm. Well, you basically have the same wide receiver on two different teams. You got a guy who's had a couple of really good games. Uh, they get a couple of touchdowns so far this year, but usually they're getting around three or four catches. I think with Jerry Judy being back and fully healthy now for his second week back now, right? I still think you're going to see Sutton's game kind of get reduced a little bit. But then again, on the flip side for the Rams, I mean, it's it's the Cooper Cup show. That's what it's been. Robert Woods has gotten in the end zone two of the last three weeks. I, I just, I lean towards the better offense, I guess. So I'll take Robert Woods. Um, 
Yeah, we just saw a whole montage about how good Cooper Cup was. Not very many Robert Woods uh, highlights in between there. But if you're not going to Cup, then you're definitely going to Woods. And we know that at this point, it uh, looks like Stafford's found his guy. But Woods looks like he's one of them in the red zone. So I'm going Robert Woods. Yeah, I mean, we've seen two games now with Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton on the same field. Sutton has yet to produce in those two games. Then you're talking about a defense that's sporting Trayvon Diggs and Trayvon Diggs isn't necessarily shut down, shut down, but he is taking away the number one enough. And it is hard to tell, is Trayvon going to be on Sutton? Is he going to be on Judy? Um, but, you know, there's enough question marks there to where I'm willing to shift to Robert Woods. We know what he is and we know what his upside is. He has a reasonable floor and a great upside, so I would definitely put Robert Woods in there. All right, let's try to go a little more rapid fire here. Super flex, quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, this is a really rough one. Both are run-heavy teams. I'm probably going to lean towards Bridgewater against Dallas's defense uh, instead of Garoppolo, uh, although Garoppolo did have a really good league quest week last week, but I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah, this has definitely got to be a Bridgewater day. Half point PPR in my flex, Hunter Renfro or Christian Kirk. Um, boy, well, I think you have more of a chance of a touchdown with Christian Kirk. I think you have more of a chance of uh, lots more catches for Hunter Renfro in the half point PPR, especially now that Ruggs isn't on the team anymore. Um, but with uh, Colt McCoy, I'm going to go uh, Hunter Renfro instead of Kirk because I'd rather have a real quarterback throwing the ball. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, this is one of those ones I was scrambling on. You talk about Christian Kirk, you know, A.J. Green's out. You're expecting DeAndre Hopkins out. But so is Kyler Murray, right? you got a backup there. He is supposed to be the number one this week in Christian Kirk, but there is a lot of trepidation there. Um, I I would still probably go Christian Kirk. All right, well, I, I was just told we actually got to go now. We, uh, we have a longer break than normal. So thank you, Jesse. Sorry to the people that we missed. Um, we'll get to you as, as many as we can. Try to get them in earlier next week when we do it. Uh, Jesse, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Have a great one. Explicit Fantasy Football is where you can find them at PDX underscore EFF on Twitter and Explicit Fantasy Football on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Seahawks have a couple of 1 o'clock games in a row, so we'll be back to our normal time for a couple of weeks. Have a very good Sunday. Good luck in fantasy. Good luck with your bets, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 